Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Content warning for discussions of child abuse and child trafficking. this woman's story up real quick because sure. what a horrible thing you sent me oh right that other horrible thing so many he's apparently had mental health problems and i'm just kind of like you can't uh, have these men in your house well man it's such a challenge with that because uh technically there's not any good health care no options and so then what do you do and then what do you do i mean tell me amber <laughs> what do you do um, I don't know. I guess you can't just go around killing people who are mentally unwell because Lord knows I've had a couple little outbursts, little moments where you're like, are you OK? Like this morning, I was trying to lock my door five or six times and be like, it is locked, locked, locked. You are locked. OK, you can leave now. Did I lock it? Yeah. That's yeah, that's anxiety. It sounds like. Right. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, it's it's tricky. We're talking about, um, you know, so many pregnant people's bodies are. Uh, apparently at risk when they're pregnant. Um, I guess it's not, unfortunately, a shock, but I had never put it into that context before. And so we're doing all the research on the show and we're finding just like all of these just absolutely horrendous stories, not oh necessarily God. missing women, but women who who's, who were brutally murdered seemingly partly because they were pregnant. Yeah. And this one that you just showed me is just so heart-wrenching because it was a um, 26-year-old woman named Nakia Rebecca Logan and her older brother, who I guess lived with the family, did a horrible thing and just, I mean, he killed he killed her. He and, lit her on baby. fire. Yeah. He stabbed her to death and then they then set the, the body on fire. And then the Chicago police chief said that five other cases happened that year of like pregnant women being killed. Yeah. I think being specifically stabbed to death That's is what he was referring to. God, that is, stabbing is... It's a passion. It's a passion because like I can see a gun misfiring or whatever, but stabbing is like, I know what I want to do and I'm going to keep doing it even though you say stop. 
Yeah. Um, I've seen this a lot with the patterns as well with people who I've been looking into for this series is that a lot of times when the person who's pregnant is getting attacked, it is violent. Like it's, it is stabbing, it is strangulation. It's all of these things that take your hands. And that is absolutely horrifying. And it's such a, it, I'm certain it's studied at length when you go to like school for things like this, but it, it just, it, I never have considered the idea of hurting somebody. No. In that. It's like taking the most vulnerable you can and feeling rage towards something. It's the same whenever you see like people abusing babies and hurting kids and stuff like that. I just it's so hard to to feel any sort of sympathy for somebody no. in that position. And that's in this guy here, the brother who's forty one at the time, I guess was like pretty mentally um, unwell, but which is why he was living at home as a forty one year old, but. I mean, what it, what are you supposed to do in that situation? I guess situation? put them in a home, but then that costs money. Yeah, there's not a lot of options for people a lot of the time. Still Ugh. to say, just like have them like be a danger. And now her mother lost like a two people, three people because he has the death penalty. Yeah, because of this guy. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, pregnancy is such a heightened time. Yeah. Everything's more sensitive, more emotional. You know. How you affect the baby. Like if the mother laughs, it's affected. Her mood passes on to the child. So, yeah. And that's also, by the way, not putting guilt on this um, woman's family because he – I don't think he had ab- ever been specifically like – he wasn't like prone to violence all the time or anything like that. But I, So I think this was like a very big shock when this happened. So. I, I'll have to look into him. Is this his first uh, like attempt at something? Because I thought they said that he'd done stuff before. They had been there once before yeah. the year prior – because they thought he might be a threat to himself, I believe. But man, that's the that's the it's the problem with mental illness. We don't really have people. We don't have resources for people. No, and you don't know what a tipping point is or what mm. I can do to help. Like, yeah. Mm. So welcome to some place underneath. I'm Miley Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, what a what another layer of complication to add to a horrible thing like that. But yeah, there is. There is something that really gets into people's, I don't know, some kind of worms that get into their brain around pregnancy, not the pregnant person, but the people around them. And yeah. while so many people see that um, as a as a reason to protect more and to, to like shelter more, there's some people's minds that just like almost want to flip it. It's not always – it's a lot of times it's the person who made the person pregnant yeah. doing the violence, but not always. Like in the one we just discussed here, that was her brother um, who has really – there's never really been what I could th- find quickly. There, I couldn't find like a real motive that was no. like a rational motive. No. Well, a lot of times people normalize male violence, especially when it's mm-hmm. directed to women. It's just kind of like, oh, he's whatever. Like the cake videos I was showing you. Now, this isn't the same as like – you know, lighting someone on fire, but there was a bride who discussed with her husband, please don't put cake in my face mm-hmm. tomorrow on the wedding day. And he said, okay, I won't. And then he goes and convenes with his his guys and they say, you should put cake in her face. It'll be funny. Mm-hmm. And then so she divorced him. And this was on like an ABC News thing. And all the comments were like, she was overreacting. I don't think so. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that you saw those comments because if you're not chronically online, this was a storyline that made the rounds like, a few months ago. It was a, dis- a debate yeah. between people. And there were some really 
interesting thing pieces that were put out about it. And there are plenty of people who are on the bride's side with this. Yeah. Because I think that it is these little microaggressions that sometimes, like you just said, we've been conditioned to accept in society that like men's temper tantrums are just part of the deal. It's part of the deal. And that's not um and that's not and that's that is emotion. When they're like women are so emotional. I'm like who commits 97% of mm-hmm. violent crime? Right. And it's like you think if you think about it in this one little bit, oh look, he shoved cake in her face and there are probably a lot of instances where it's not a big deal because they are like that or have that sort of relationship but when that cake video went viral there was a huge other group of like other videos that came up or other people's weddings or other women who were like this happened and I don't talk to the guy anymore yeah because there there's something incredibly sadistic about knowing it's almost the mentality of knowing that you have this you have this deep-seated resentment for the woman that you're marrying who maybe put this huge day together who spent hours and hours doing their makeup and getting their dress and they they do not want to be covered and humiliated and cake. Yeah. And um, that it's considered socially acceptable for that person in that moment to do that act. And it is an act of aggression. You willingly went against their wishes, and you want to tarnish them a little bit. I think I don't think and other women. It was it shocked and appalled me how other women were like, "Nah, she's being too emotional. Suck it up, Buttercup." And I look at their pages, and they're like, usually white, older Republican women. And yeah. I wonder, did this happen to you? Oh yeah, and I mean, you, you pushed know it they, down you there. You know, they've been conditioned to accept, especially that age group, which is why they vote against their own interests so much of the time. Um, is because they were conditioned to accept rage yeah. in that way. And they see women leaving and they look at it as anger because mm-hmm. I could have left, right. but I didn't. And it's hard to accept that, that you could have, right? Or, even yeah. though they it, they would have had a much harder time than they would now. Because we couldn't even get a bank account in our name until the 70s? Um, well, we couldn't. We, as women, I think it was in the 70s when it was the first time that a woman could get a credit card without a permission slip, essentially, from a man. <laughs> um, that is so recently in time. Right. We have a lot of rights and privileges that I think I ter- certainly take for granted. And I see a lot of young girls on the Internet and in real life, and they sort of roll their eyes at feminism. And they say, I don't need that. And um, I want to get married and have babies and be like have my man provide for me, which if that's what you want, Go for it. But some girls fought really hard so we can have the choice. Well, most of the time, those those people as young, mostly young women are are just they're cosplaying because it's not actually the, the feminism is allowing them to make that decision. Right. That makes sense. They don't. It, feminism is not saying you can't be a housewife you or be a, a, housewife. a stay-at-home mom. That's a great job. Yeah. It's it's not about. Ugh. That's just it's, it, that is a frustrating topic for me because that is an entire market on the internet and it's almost fetish level and sometimes those women I think know that and sometimes they don't and whatever get your bag but whenever it's demeaning other women or being like feminism is bad but the irony of it being the only reason that you can have a platform is because of feminism is very obnoxious to me. Yes. I literally saw a video before you came in and this woman was like, see, I'm not a feminist. Whenever I see a man, I don't feel rage. And I'm like, 
What? Who feels rage when they look at men? Like, actually, that makes me think you do feel rage. Yeah. When you, like, you are saying something that you are keeping inside right now that I think right. I think you do feel a lot of rage. I never thought about that. Like when I yeah. look at a guy I'm like he's cute. I've been really horny lately. I'm like he's cute. All right. Let's go. Yeah, I I also even though I feel anger towards specific men, yeah. I don't feel anger when I look at men in general. No. I really don't. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> um if men could get pregnant to... then they would birth it out of their buttholes and it would be like hi I'm the butt baby. <laughs> I came from a dad's asshole. Hey, Natalie, welcome to somebody Saturdays. Was that your butt? Are you a butt baby? I'm a butt baby. Okay. I came in my dad's butthole. <laughs> my dad's butt. Hey, Natalie, it's so great to be here. Oh, I'm a butt baby. I mean, you sound Sorry. cute. I feel like you could do cartoon voices with that. I could. Butt baby. That was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Nah, <laughs> nah girl. It can get dumber. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, there. this is not a uh, direct attack on men in general. And also, this is, I want to be clear, we're very supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm saying pregnant bodies and women. Um, but... When we're talking about missing while pregnant people, a lot of times the people who are committing the acts of violence are the um, AMAB people who are in the... Who's the, AMAB? Uh, assigned male at birth. Oh, my God. I never heard that. Hey, yeah. AMAB. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hey, AMAB. There That's you go. You can, start, you can start doing it. All right. Um, so last week... We were talking about one of such cases um, in the story of Jantel Johnson, who was 15 years old in 2009 when a 26 or 27 year old man impregnated her. Uh, five months into her pregnancy in the year 2010, she disappeared. I say 26 or 27 because this adult man is still being protected and I have no conceivable idea why. Yeah, if anything, you know this adult man was having sex with a minor. Yeah. And they were just like, eh, that's illegal. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that, like we mentioned last week, that the basic concept of why that's st still being protected is this idea of that you can't prove it with DNA. But I do think that there are a lot of ways to be able to prove it. And they're just not. Um, because that is a crime, as we talked about last week, that is punishable by jail time. Yeah, look at the, the text messages. So many things. So many ways that Friends, this could have. Yes. Yeah. And and yet we've had nothing. We don't um, know who he is. Still, 13 years later, his name somehow, some way is still not available on the Internet. God, but some people know, but they won't say. Yeah. So his name is Donovan Glove. Donovan, uh, Donovan Glove. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's probably somebody's real name. Oh, and no. It's not, that's not him. <laughs> that's not him. The last day that we know Jantel to be um, alive, she was seen by her family. It was on February 3rd, and she left her house without her jacket or basic belongings. She was initially being called a high-risk runaway by police, but there is little to no evidence of her choosing to run away. And also, as a note, in 2023, most organizations don't use the term runaway because it suggests that the child is at fault in some way. It's like using the outdated terms child prostitute or child porn. Oh, like they wanted to be there? It's right. like, no, it's a child. They should be in school right. and climbing trees. 
yeah, so those are crimes against kids. They weren't doing porn. Um, and at the same, even if the kid has left their own house of their own accord and was technically running away, it still needs to be investigated as a missing child, whereas the idea of their runaway is sort of like, well, they have their own choices. They made. It's a family <laughs> issue. And so that's not used a lot anymore. And they shouldn't have called it a high-risk runaway anyway at the time. I think the reason that they were doing that was because she had run away that other time. But basic police work would show that she didn't even have her, her glasses that she needs to see when she left. Like, yeah. it was not somebody who had packed a bag. No, and there was, like, snack scraps on the table. She had very much obviously just been having a day. And so it's really sucky that they called it a runaway. But, you know, that's just one of many things that's a problem in the situation. Furthermore, I think in those situations, just as a side note as well, I, I, f- I think in an ideal world, if a kid runs away, that if they find the kid, the family home should be checked out as well. Yeah. Um. Because that might be the reason the kid's leaving home. Yeah. There might be a reason in the house. It doesn't mean that it, there is. And if a family is fine, they should be allowed, they should be okay with being investigated, being like, yes, please, because we want to make a safe home for our, our child. So I digress. I just think that that is a thing. Like, you can't, some, if a kid's running away over and over again, you're just taking them back to the house. Maybe there's something going on in the house. Oh, that sounds awful. Like, um, not in this case. I'm not saying that about Gentile's family. No, no, no. Like, what if your family just had dog shit all over the floor? And they're like, no, you have to live here. And you're like, but I don't want dog shit on the floor. Yeah. And the government was like, if you leave, then, you know, we, we can't protect you. So you have to live with the dog shit on the floor. I, didn't, I mean, I think that happens all day, every day, thousands and thousands of times a day no. all over the country. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. 
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Regardless of how you want to phrase what happened that day in February 2010, there is little chance that she ran away of her own volition. She was very pregnant without belongings and was extremely excited to go to her next doctor's appointment because she was supposed to find out the sex of the baby. She had been scared being pregnant like most 15-year-olds would be if they found out they were pregnant, but she was determined to be a mom to this child and was set up having a caring family system around her. Though the police have never publicly confirmed it, it's pretty evident that it's true that her last phone call was to the very special boy who cannot be named who had impregnated her. So that was the last phone call she was on that day was with this person. I mentioned the phone ping as well last episode. And again, the police haven't publicly confirmed it, but her family has that her last phone ping was actually in the neighborhood of the special boy's mother's home. Right. And so um, I mentioned last week that it was the same day, but it was actually a few days later. So that phone pinged at, at that in that neighborhood a few days after she disappeared. That is terrifying, Natalie, because what if she's still alive and like... Well, that is an option. It's just like, please help me. And then I'll ping it out. And people are like, nah, run away. Yeah. So it's it's possible. There is so little to go on because they will not reveal other people involved in this. I don't I don't understand. It's maddening. But the content creators who have covered this story have done so with grace and poise, like the wonderful Sarah Turney of Voices for Justice she takes it very she's very diplomatic about it but it's just not how i feel about the way this case was ca- handled i want to mention something else i didn't put together but sarah did on her show that gentelle was reaching the point in her pregnancy that she was no longer going to be able to attain an abortion so basically she was right along the deadline for abortion in the state of delaware gentelle made it very clear to her older sister when they had discussed her pregnancy before she disappeared, that the special boy did not want her to carry the baby to term. God, this is why when women say abortion kills women, you know, a lot of right wing fanaticals are like, yeah, no, think about the babies. But how many women does this happen to where they want to keep the child or they can't get an abortion? And then the father kills her. Stabs her, lights her on fire, takes her away. Then just gets to go on living. And his he's life. fine. He's fine. Yeah, goes on to commit domestic battery and then doesn't even go to jail for that. <laughs> yeah, because this guy has like a, another family somewhere, right? Yep. Who is this special boy? Yeah, I I can't. I cannot. It's just... Uh, so this is something that uh, Sarah Turney picked up on, which is she was about to hit the deadline for getting a legal abortion in her state. And she had confirmed with her older sister that special boy did not want her carrying the baby, that he very well knew what he did was illegal. And he certainly didn't want the pregnancy to happen because it was a crime that he committed. Um, 
And he was trying, he, and Gentel told her sister that he was trying to convince her to get an abortion, though she, that was never going to happen. She had zero interest in doing that. And she wanted to raise this baby. So that time was slipping for a special boy to get away with his sleazy criminal behavior. And that should be another huge point of motive. But still, nothing. Um, they know. I think this guy's a cop. And they're high, They're protecting their boy. I sure am curious. I'm just, I'm speculating. I almost want to just start saying that so they will release his identity. <laughs> Prove me wrong. With only the partial information we have, I know I'm making a lot of judgment calls because I'm not a detective with the department. I, and I do want to say I do understand why at first they didn't release more information about the people around her. But after 13 years, I think it's time to change something. Why are we, why are we protecting this man? Why? Maybe he didn't directly disappear her. But he was consorting with a 15-year-old child And since she had just turned 15 when she'd become pregnant, he very well could have been hanging out with her when she was 14. Another reason that it would be helpful for the public to know his identity is because the peculiar nature of other calls Jantel had been making right before she disappeared. Uh Uh-oh. Because she was not only talking to this man, but there were two other adult men who had been speaking with her that day. So that is three human trash fucking trash cans Displaying potentially predatory behavior. Oh, really? Yeah. So like three, was it men or we don't know? Yes, they were men. Older men talking to a a little girl? Mm -hmm. Were they like in the apartment complex? Well, we don't know because they will also not release the identity of the other two men. What? I don't know. There could be, because we know so little, just so I put it out there, it could be there's a relevant reason for any of them to be contacting her because... Maybe it was like somebody from her church asking a question about a thing they were doing, you know, something like that. However, none of those men have been eliminated as suspects. So that makes me think that that's not what was happening on those phone calls. Maybe. We don't know. But the only other information that they will release is that one of the men was in his 40s at the time. And one of the men, I don't know if it's the one in his 40s or not, has been helpful to the investigation And one of them refuses to help. And yet they have not been pushed in any way. So this sounds like at least two of the three mystery adult men contacting this 15-year-old are shady as hell. We have to protect their feelings, though, Natalie. Apparently. (laughs) Why are they deserving of anonymity? Why? I don't get it. Why after all these years? I feel like, and I hate to say this because women are people, but, you know, if you had a daughter, wouldn't you want the adult men that like little girls away off the streets. Yeah. You know, to protect her. And then she raises the next generation and is like a kind, loving, smart person and not a damaged person. I don't understand. I don't get it. How it's just like, oh, we got to protect their feelings and not the person, not the child. I I wish that I had any, uh, I'm wrapped. I rack my brain, and there could be a very logical reason why they are not revealing the names of these men, but I cannot think of one. Why is she being treated as an adult more than the actual grown men? There's a child being treated more of an adult than men in their 40s. It is it is something that has come up a lot in recent years that black girls are treated as adults a lot of the time. I've definitely heard that. 
And I don't know if that's the like, this is taking like that's a prejudice that's happening here. But it seems like that could be true. Yeah. That they're treating her as though she'd somehow deserved this. And I'm only saying that because of the number of things that seem to have been handled incorrectly on it. Or at least maybe not incorrectly. Maybe it was intentionally done. I don't know. I'm being very conspiratorial because this seems fucking nuts that they're handling it this way. Why? Somebody explain to me. If any one of those three men also was trafficking her, like you just said, the public should fucking know that. Yeah, so you can avoid them. Well, they should also be arrested if they're sex trafficking. Right. Not to mention, if the guy who raped Jantel is a sex trafficker, there would be a lot of other people who he uh, would have interacted with. And if they released his identity, could probably provide information about him. So they, there may have been other people who interacted with this man who found him to be shady or heard him say something, but they don't know that he is a suspect in this crime. Therefore, they can't provide information to the police. Yeah, they don't know. What if they're like, oh, I gave him money. Like, we do business deals. And he right. like, oh, I have a daughter, you know, and now he's around her. Yeah. Get him the fuck out of here. Who are these men, man? If they're purely innocent, why haven't they been eliminated as suspects? Time is passing by. And the thing that kills me about this is that people who do shit like this get to live their lives, get to experience everything that they took away from their victims. One of the other cases that Claudia Rivero has covered, and as a reminder, Claudia Rivero is the one who's kept Gentile's story alive more than anybody. Um... She has the, she's the one who has the Where's Gentile website, like all of that stuff. So she is an independent journalist who used to work for news outlets and she now covers also like the less dead, less missing cases. She sounds cool. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Fuck the news. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> one of the other cases that she has covered of a different murdered pregnant 15 year old, the killer wasn't arrested for decades and he just got to live a full life oh cool just surfing and shit yeah and so a lot of these cases people get very frustrated because they become cold cases and then they get put on the back burner and that whole time the person who committed the crime gets to have fun yeah gets to go to christmas dinner he's eating bacon egg and cheese over have kids gets to go to the fucking water park you know like just one day if they're caught Maybe they're much older, like in the case that I'm about to mention, which is when, you know, this other case she covered, this person has been found murdered. So it's not a missing person's case, but the body's been found. Yeah. So 15 year old Evelyn Cullen was taken from this world in December of 1976 by her then 19 year old boyfriend, Louise Anthony Sierra, allegedly. I say allegedly because he was just arrested in 2021. What? In the 70s? Yeah. So this has a lot of different elements into it. It's not just policing was not done correctly, but it's another 15 year old who her body was found in an extremely gruesome and disregarded state. Very quickly after the murder. So her body was found in, in 1976, but they couldn't identify the body because this was before a lot of DNA stuff existed. Oh, God. It's almost like they want to do with the heightened emotion of pregnancy. It's like they want that as the way to kill them. Like if you couldn't, 
analyze the body, something bad happened. Oh, it was bad. It was, I don't even, it sucks. It's like, I, I don't know if it's relevant to know the details. You can look it up, but it was mutilated in suitcases. What? Multiple suitcases. So she was nine months pregnant at the time of her murder. And because it was the 70s, and because Evelyn was an immigrant whose parents pro- possibly didn't speak English, in that time, a 15-year-old who was pregnant, the 19-year-old boy boyfriend basically takes ownership. And so he basically wrote a letter to her parents saying, uh, we are, we're moving up to state. Uh, the, she just had a baby boy. They're both healthy. Don't worry about it. So for several years, they thought she was just living with this guy. With this guy. And it's the 70s. They're a little more like, well, my daughter goes and is with the man now. Mm-hmm. That, and oh that was what, what happened. And so they didn't file a missing persons report for years. <gasps> and essentially, the family never knew what happened to Evelyn. The parents died eventually. And <gasps> her body was considered a Jane Doe for decades. Um, Do you think they're going to meet in heaven? And she's going to be like, what the fuck, mom and dad? And maybe. they're like, well, you thought you were just vibing. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. God knows what their family dynamic was, but. He did write them this letter and they just accepted it. And I don't know. I don't want to make a judgment call because I don't know what it was like in the 70s at that time. I mean, but they were smoking inside. They were smoking on airplanes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this her body was considered a Jane Doe for decades. And so this guy, uh, Louise Anthony Sierra, got to live a free life until the DNA linked the Jane Doe to Evelyn just last couple years. Well, he got to live through the 80s unscathed, just and, doing cocaine, investing in Wall Street. Who gives a shit? I think he also had a, his own his uh, he had a family and everything. Fuck him. And so he was just arrested in 2021 only to make bail. Bail. And is currently out. What? Waiting trial. No way. Yeah. You can't just kill somebody and be like, sorry, here's some money. That's what happens all the time if you have enough money. No fucking way. I don't even know. He In a suitcase, several suitcases, yeah. bail. Mm-hmm. Does the system hate women that much? Kind of. Yeah. If I cut up a man and left him in suitcases and I just fled, no fucking way would I make bail. Especially after the number of years that he was free. Um, he could have done it again. Uh, just he doesn't deserve it. He no. doesn't de- deserve to be out. Even though it's alleged still, he hasn't been convicted the reason that he was arrested is because there was a lot of evidence to say that he did it and yeah he ended up making two hundred fifty thousand dollars bail which was still too low of a bail in my opinion but um he's currently awaiting trial just vibing just still vibing just like watching prices right yeah being like oh yeah i guess i gotta go to court next month and you're like for what because i'd kill my pregnant girlfriend yeah in suitcases Mm mm-hmm so Um, This is not obviously the same story as Gentel, but and there's a lot of different elements at play. But when you look at the grand total of how young unmarried pregnant girls and women are handled when they disappear and pregnant people, this is what I consider to be a pretty clear bias as American society. I mean, the younger they are, the more fragile, the more like, oh, my God, probably the more in danger they are to be murdered. Well, they're also more judged, especially if they're unmarried and they're not considered to be cherished as much by no. by societal standards you would never judge the guy though like you mm, you, you had sex with children it's never it's, about the it's guy. like a high five well if it's not a high five it's just like a oh well oh what is he yeah boys he made him boys. whoops he slipped 
Um, but so there's this pretty. I want to light the world on fire. I'm I sorry, know. Annalee. I know. These are this is really. This is a really very frustrating. The people are raping children and like ah, her fault. I mean, you're barely being hyperbolic there. It's barely. It's barely better than that. Um, so there, there is this bias towards young unmarried pregnant people, and especially if they're not white. In fact, when we're talking about this this case from the seventies. That poor girl Evelyn's body was discovered along with the fully formed fetus who was nine months. He was basically already a baby. Um, The case got a lot of attention at the time, probably based partly on the gruesome nature of it. But also they had accidentally labeled her as white. And I do wonder if they got more attention because of that. Yeah, I do wonder if they had been able to, to say she was Puerto Rican at the time that it would have gotten the same amount of news. I don't really know. And high school girls would get pregnant and like teenager girls Mm. and uh, they would just be gone one day. Like she just Mm. left and I would never see her again. Like I got to fulfill my high school and like take the classes and graduate. I don't know what happened to those girls and the guys, they were able to just walk the hallways like, yeah, and that was just normal. I remember at the time thinking like, wait, how can he be fine? And she's away. Like make it make sense. And they're like, well, she has to be punished. Yeah, and that was just the nineties, early two thousands. Like this, just ha- this was still happening. And he's just fine, just chilling, able to graduate. Yeah, like where is she? There's girl, like several girls I remember, just for like a little bit freshman sophomore year, and they get pregnant and they just never see him again. Yeah, I know there was very. I mean, actually, that would be really curious to look into. There used to be homes where pregnant teens would go in the fifties and sixties. I'm pretty sure that I'm not making that up. Wait, let me look this up real quick. I think there was some like Irish girls. They went into a Catholic home and the nurses were all naughty. They were bad. The the nuns were all bad. That might have been a movie. I'm sorry. That might have been fake. So, like, I as a kid would see these girls, like, disappear. This is why I never had a boyfriend in high school or college. And now I'm, like, scared of relationships now. Because I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to be kidnapped, you know, for getting pregnant. <sighs> Yeah, People are like where's your husband? I, was like, I, I I have trauma around relationships. Yeah, it's understandable. A lot of people do. Um, yeah, so I mean, this was way more in the fifties and sixties, and it was for uh, what you would be considered a shameful family secret. So essentially, white girls who were supposed to be the the lily clean whatever bullshit thing that they're trying to sell it being that that kids would get just taken away. And put into these maternity homes. Um, and it sounds like I haven't done. I'd actually like to do it. Maybe it'd be an interesting episode or series yeah. to talk about these maternity homes. What but, happened? Um, it doesn't sound good. And the kids usually the, the pregnant girls usually didn't have a choice in the matter. They were no. just like taken away for their crimes. But then there was no pregnancy shame homes for the, the sperm donor no it was a lot of like out of sight out of mind because i had one pregnant girl that stuck around and i remember the parents being so upset they're like she can't just be pregnant walking around and i'm like where's she gonna go what do you want her to do they wanted to go away like never see her again but of course if she had wanted to have an abortion they would have been they would have lost their minds what do you just like what do you want what do you want (laughs) what do you fucking Fucking want
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. But yeah, so the 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 pre- the married pregnant good girls, like people like Lacey Peterson typically receive the most me- media attention because they're considered the pure ones in the American subconscious. And Mentioning Lacey Peterson, I'd reiterate what I said about Gabby Petito when we were discussing um, cases around her. Uh, this is an attack on Lacey Peterson and her family. It's not their fault. The media pri- prioritize them. It does just it's such an injustice to these other equally deserving girls and women who were thrown out like trash and whose families still don't have answers. So the Lacey Peterson story was interesting to the media because it looked like they had like the American dream life. And that is more of a sexy, for lack of a better term, right. news story. Um, and so that got wall-to-wall coverage when that, that was all being ha- happening and her husband eventually got charged with her murder. And not only do these families of these deserving girls and women and pregnant people still don't have answers, it's usually, you know, usually the guys who did it, it's usually guys, not always, but usually guys who did it are often walking the street next to you, having jobs and children and lives, and their cases just go cold and it's sick. And I get why people want to believe in hell for things like this. Yeah. Believe in hell for getting away with murdering a pregnant child. But I don't want to rely on some cosmic justice system. I'm interested in the here and now. And talking about it, it does make a difference who looks at these stories and who cares. It does make a difference. We've talked before about if you're missing 
one of the best hopes you have is if your family is aggressive, if your family forces the story, because otherwise, if they're not like acting as superhumans in it, a lot of times your story is going to go away. Right. And what if your family just kind of didn't like you? Or doesn't, you know, and they're like, yeah, oh, and, all right, well, yeah, that sucks. We don't want to make waves, though. And gets, yeah, kind of apathetic about it. Or even just like a normal amount of interest. Like, but Chantel's family has done a ton of interviews at like yeah. with police and and um, uh, journalists and stuff. But it's almost like you have to take it to a, a crazy point. Yeah. And you're like reliving that pain with every interview you do. It's like reliving the pain of your daughter dying. And yeah. Disappearing. I can see why families would be like, we're it's too heavy on our hearts. Yeah. But it does help when the people around them push and push and push. Such as the case for uh, a person like Akia Eggleston, who was a beautiful, pregnant, 22-year-old young woman, but she didn't have all of the trademark perfect life things. She wasn't married. She, you know... She is beautiful. Yeah. Um, she was, by all accounts, friendly and lovely and kind and loved dancing and just was living her life not doing anything wrong. And she disappeared in May of 2017, right before her baby shower. She was almost fully... Like she was about to, I think she was maybe eight months pregnant. After she had announced her pregnancy, initially her family was shocked to learn that the father was a childhood friend of Akia's dad. Gross. So yuck. Groomed. Sorry, but barf. She was an adult, but it's still yuck. I'm sorry. It's gross. I don't like it. This creature, a man named 42-year-old Michael Robinson, was arrested just last year after years of the family and Baltimore police refusing to give up. Prosecutors said investigators used interviews, financial records, telephone records, and social media messages to construct a timeline of the case. It seems redundant that I would have you read that off, but it's what you need to do to build a case against somebody, and it seems like that was not happening with Jantel. I, like, I don't... They just didn't give a shit? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. But because of Akia's family, because of the police force pushing and pushing, even though it took years, they got it all. They got all the information. They found the timeline and they were able to point to this man who did this. And she wasn't even a child. Like the fact that Gentel was a kid, this should be a priority for yeah. everyone. But I'm glad. I'm glad that they have this justice that he was arrested and Akia's family has that closure, even if this is not what she wanted to for her life to be turned into. This is also the case with missing pregnant 16-year-old Iana Sawyer. That's a child. Who's at the time 33-year-old uncle. Fuck him. Jonathan Keyless, both impregnated and then has now been accused of murdering her in Jacksonville, Florida. This case is tragic on so many levels, it's hard to take in, but her family wouldn't stop. And even Keyless's wife ended up testifying against him and Keyless's brother wore a wire to help secure evidence. Oh, my God. He had like a whole ass family himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, he this man uh, is a monster. He was also assaulting other kids in the family to the pits. Throw him in the he pit. He had his own kids, his own wife, like all of this stuff. He's a bad, dark creature and horrible he's, he's in he's in life he's sentenced to life now he's never getting out of jail. good but that kind of case required 
their family to go through trauma after trauma after trauma to insert themselves, to push, to because unfortunately, in a lot of these cases, if the person is married, a lot of times the wives won't go against them. No, they won't. And it's all, you know, it can be kind of scary. What if he hits me? Or like living you know, in denial as living well. Living in denial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, suck it up, buttercup, just like the woman in the beginning. Or blaming the yeah. woman, blaming the girl. Um, but this God. this this man's wife didn't. She went to, she testified on stand against him. So many family it usually like the assault, the abuse, it usually happens in the family, the people that are closest. Mm-hmm. And it gets it just keeps getting like covered up because the families are like, ah, we don't wanna you know, the man's feelings, the right. uncle's feelings. But thank God that they were like, No. Yeah, no, they fought for it. And so he he also got his sentence and he's not getting out of jail and so again there are these factors of Viana that shouldn't matter but do and yet the family and the police worked to get a conclusion so it's just like why not for Jantel why isn't there this fervor for her this isn't a slight on her family again who've done plenty they've spoken at length with people it's as if, again, you have to almost ruin your own life to get any, get kind, of any kind of justice. Yeah. Um, something is rotten with Jantel's case. I don't like it. There's such a disconnect in America around both shaming and encouragement of pregnancy. When a kid gets pregnant, the same group of people will both pressure the kid to go through the pregnancy and to shame and disregard that pregnant person if something goes wrong. Yeah, it's like, what do you want? It's just a I constant understand. cycle of, I think it's just like hereditary, not hereditary, I think it's generational trauma and rage and like, we're just almost sort of starting to pick apart why this is happening over and over again right yeah. now. It's a purity culture paradox, that's for sure. This That tips over into society and I hope through these conversations we can put the judgment and energy into the right people instead, those being the perpetrators of these crimes, not the kids and young women who are pregnant yeah they always blame the kid i was this a little kind of off topic but i was reading through x the other day and this guy wrote that his young little girl didn't want a hug from his brother so and his brother kept being like come on give uncle a hug give him a hug give him Mm -hmm. a hug and she kept saying no 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 so he took him outside and he was like hey man we could have a chat when my daughter tells you no you Mm -hmm. have to say you have to stop and then there's countless quotes. I love that her father did I that. love that too. But guess what some people thought? Some people were like, no, the daughter should have hugged the uncle. The daughter is being overly dramatic. I mean, that's conditioning again. You're just teaching these little girls that they're up for whatever and they're going to get groomed. And well, these are also the, like conservatives. Like, what do you want? Because if she gets groomed and raped and impregnated, you're going to blame her too. But you... Yeah. You forced her to grow up like this it, i think what the that, fuck is your problem i think it is that conditioning in that tra- the generational uh, like abuse and, and the idea of this this patriarchy thing that doesn't really exist that like it harms men too because mar- men are they're fallible they, it's okay we all are so to have this idea that they they're these like godheads is making everybody sick i, I really think that's true but no, I mean, props to that dad for for saying that. I think so, too. I was that, flabbergasted. That's also something who's, you know, the the king of rage baiter. So who knows if he actually thinks this or not. But what's his name? The fucking Matt Walsh has openly said, like, 
my kids don't control their own bodies. I, I tell them when they I get to touch them. He's the scariest of the guys, like of all that right wing guys, like to me, because mm-hmm. I think he really believes in what he's saying. And he I, might. I, he, I think you could be right. I have no idea. He could just not give a shit and make no. some money off of it. Yeah, but some of like, these people are true grifters and they yeah. don't, you know, they'll say one thing, mean another. But I think this guy really believes in exactly what he's saying. That's I don't scary. like him. He's a scary. Who man. likes who likes him? A lot of people do, Natalie. I don't know, but do, a lot of do women do too. Would, do you think that they would want to hang out with him? Probably. I don't think it would be very fun. I think they would probably coexist in like a can you believe those liberals? You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't just be like, "How was your day? My day was good. Oh, the kids are going great." It would be like still rage baiting. Can in you their imagine condo? how insufferable that hangout would be? Good know. lord! How would that? Do, how does that dude even go to a party? Doesn't he like, like plush doll for himself as a baby? Maybe probably. And like, it's a funny joke. Yeah, the Matt Wash doll. It's like a little baby in a diaper with a beard. It's him as a baby. That guy's fucking sick. God, something. Like, check his computer. It's so hard to imagine those kind of dudes just like living in the real world, not on a computer. Like, how do you? F- he just goes to the store. He's such yeah. a creep. <laughs> He is a slime ball man just buying toilet paper. Yeah. Like, hi, Ugh. Matt Wash. Ugh. Can you imagine running into him in public? I would run away. Ugh. Um, anyway. So let's try to focus on the perpetrators of these crimes while also remembering and, and looking back at the these missing girls and women, who some of whom may still be alive somewhere. So because Jantel has been around human traffickers, there's a chance that she could still be out there somewhere. And her phone pinged like three days after she went missing. Yeah. So today she'd be 29, almost 30 years old. Her child would be 13. Gentile is black and fairly dark skinned. In 2010, she was 5'2 and 120 pounds, though she could have grown a little bit still since she was only 15. Gentile had a scar on her chin underneath her lip. She needed glasses or contacts to see, though she didn't have them when she left. Again, another indicator that she did not run away. If you have any information on this case, please contact Detective Roberto Herrera Cortez at 302-395-2784 or rjherrera-cortez at nccde.org. You can submit a tip via their website as well at www.nccpd.com. Tipsters may also call Crime Stoppers at 800-TIP-3333. Visit their website, also Delaware.CrimeStoppersWeb.com, or visit their Facebook page at Newcastle County Police Department. They also say you can um, put the the Newcastle County Police smartphone app on your phone, but man, that sounds shady as hell. No, I don't, don't do I that. I want a police the... app on my phone. No, no, no. Um, so she's she's listed now as a long-term missing person on the newcastle.gov we- website, though that listing has not been updated in years, stating that she would be 23 currently and she's actually about to be 30. Cool. So, you know, uh, take what you can, I guess, as far as at least they have her f- picture up. But, um, yeah, she'd be 30 now or close to. She'd be almost 30, I should say. And um, she could be out there somewhere. So I'm going to... We'll get the pictures up, and uh, I, I hope that we do find her. I do so. I do hope so, too. And please, let's just all, whenever we hear a case about somebody who is not living what we think is the quote-unquote correct way, that they are still deserving of dignity and 
love and care and to not be blaming pregnant children for their no. disappearance. I don't understand what this perfect life is. And it's I lies. It's lies. Like, no one really lives this. No. There's no such thing. It's made up. I mean, I get, like, you want to be the best you can, but... There's best you can in many different colors and People rainbows. Can, if you want to go back to the Lacey Peterson trial, that they were they were allegedly living the perfect way, and look what happened. It's not. It's that's a facade to make us feel like we're not soaring through the universe in total chaos. Right. We are. This so, episode's kind of traumatic. It really did, you know, put a lot of stuff in um, perspective. I definitely want to talk about the girls that went missing. Yeah, like where the fuck are they? Where are and they? like punished, punished. Get that. Who's this man? Get this man's name out. Get this man's name out. Um, This is the end of the 2023 year, and we're going to come back next year. It's going to be a normal, cool year. That's right. That's what we are saying. We're putting it out there. I hope you guys have a good end of your year, a good holiday. And we will be back with you in the new magical normal 2024. That's right. Can't wait for things to go easy peasy. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.